Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. But we're not being particularly entertaining. What do you want us to fucking juggle? Can you juggle? I, I can juggle three. No more, no less. I can juggle three, like, twice. Sc- scarves? Scarves. <laughs> scarves are easy. Because they just waft. This was so much louder. Uh, wait. Uh, it's a little more. Yeah. Bop, 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 bop. Were you going to sing a song? No, that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the exciting episode. Oh, you're way overselling this. Yeah. Should, you're setting I, the bar really high should, right should now. Should I walk it back a little bit? <laughs> yeah. The maybe, hopefully, kind of cool episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in to episode 82 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And Facebook <laughs> just saw my mic fall down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, hey, we've got one viewer. Hey, who is it? I don't know. Where do you see that? Oh, right there. Yeah. Hi, you. <laughs> hey. Hey, guy. Whoever you are. Hey, buddy. Unless we're the one viewer. Is that a thing? I don't know. I've never done this before. It's my first time. Be gentle. <laughs> um, <clears throat> We're back. We are back. Back in action. Back and on the attack. Brand new hard drive, so hopefully this episode doesn't get fucked up. Hopefully. That was a fucking nightmare. I hate you so mad. Dude, you, you text me and you're like, we might have a problem. And usually when you do that, it's like, oh, there's this weird buzzing noise or like something... You know, somewhat inconsequential, and I'm like, whatever, just deal with it. And then you're like, yeah, my whole computer's fucked. <laughs> yeah, I tried to. I went in to go start editing, and I tried to open my folder where I keep like all of our files, like every all all of our, our old episodes, all of our artwork, uh, everything, all of our, like our musical bumpers, all, all that stuff, all just is in one fo- in this one folder. I try to open it up and it says it's corrupted. Fucking hell. And I was so mad. And I like did all the basic things. I, uh, you know, obviously restarted um, and uh, tried to run a bunch of like different diagnostics and stuff. And I ran a check disc. Computer nerds will know what that is. Um, and it backfired because then it got stuck in this loop of constantly trying to fix uh problems along or like it, but it like it was trying to fix problems and then it couldn't and then it would just restart and it just got stuck in this loop and um like it very well could have been that like the corrupted parts of my hard drive could have been like where my startup programs are mm. or my startup um what's the word Stuff. Stuff. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was just fucked. And, uh, yeah, I had to go get a new hard drive. Um, and it was just a fucking nightmare. I was so mad. Because, I mean, not only was our recording stuff possibly just toast. That's my personal computer. Like, that's stuff I, I keep all my my stuff on. So All your porn and your dick pics. And- yeah. All that. Could have been gone. <laughs> Could have been in the cloud. <laughs> but um, no, I, I ran the hard my old hard drive into my old laptop, which is still functional, but it's a piece of shit. You guys may notice, except for this past episode, we don't have a lot of errors and like skipping or any problems with our recordings. It's because I got a new computer. <laughs> 
but I hooked up my hard drive to my old computer and saw that all the files were still there. And as far as I could tell, we're fine. Um, so it was just a matter of getting everything moved over to a new hard drive and just basically picking up from there. I did that and found out that, yeah, there are actually some segments of our recordings that just were missing. Um, anybody that uses audacity to record like we do, uh, you'll know that audio files, they're broken up or the, sorry, the, um, the project files, they're broken down into individual folders about like, like, I think it's like three or three to five second bits of the recording. And I'm thinking that probably some of those folders just got erased somehow. Yeah. yeah so, uh, I mean, did what I could, but all those big gaps that I'm sure you noticed, I, I edited them out, but they're obviously like audible gaps yeah. in, in what we were saying. Um, and that's why, but hopefully, hopefully no more. Yeah. This is brand Knock new hard drive. Um, I think it's a better hard drive. So that's something, uh, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a gaming hard drive. So it's a little, got a little more oomph to it, I think. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. Hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, three viewers. Hey guys. Hey, say something hey, so we know who you are. We don't know how to find out who you are. Um, so I guess before we get too deep into things, we want to thank our Patreon patrons. Yes, and they've changed. So um, yeah, <laughs> our well, we've we've fluctuated in how many we've had, and our current Patreon patrons are Max Zaleski, Kevin Nesgoda, and Kevin Trent. Uh, thank you very much, guys. We really appreciate your participation and your help in uh, just help keeping us helping us keep the lights on right and pay some bills to keep the show running so and uh, we're, we're gonna have something for you that we'll ex- talk about at the end of the episode coming up do i know about this yeah I'm not, i don't remember well you'll find out too then hey <laughs> it's one for everyone <laughs> oh hi christina hi um oh hey dad <laughs> Yeah, we're we're on Facebook Live right now. We're doing our first Facebook Live uh, video. Um, we might start doing these more often. I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Um. So yeah, if you want to be a uh, Patreon patron like Max and the Kevins, um, head over to Patreon.com/slash GravePlotPodcast. You can get exclusive content for as little as one dollar. Yes, and yeah. we've been working on adding more stuff. So yeah. I mean, we've we've had our Patreon for a while now, but we just didn't really have a lot of trying to make it worth it. Yeah, um, and so um, that's happening. We are doing we're doing monthly uh, Patreon exclusive video reviews. Uh, we've already picked our one for next month, and it's it's a doozy <laughs> to say the least. It's it's something. <laughs> um, hi, Larry. Hi, Dad. <laughs> um, so. We've talked before about how what, what big fans we are of, of uh, Behind the Mask. Did you hear about this Behind the Mask? Well, yeah, yeah, you have. Behind the Mask uh, comic book. Yeah, I pledged to it. Did you? Yeah. How much did you put in? Uh, Ten bucks. All right. It was, it, it was uh, enough for the first issue. Ten dollar comic. I mean, you always pay a little more for uh, crowdfunding things. I suppose. But uh, how do you feel? I mean, you pledged, but how do you, how do you feel about that? 
I mean, you know, I'm a little disappointed it's not a movie, but I'm really eager to see the story. This is a, a script they've been working on for fucking 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where they want to go with it. Uh, Scott Glosserman did say they still want to make a movie. So maybe this can kind of get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm disappointed that it's not going to be a movie, at least yet. But I'll, at the same time, I, I'm excited they're finally doing something with it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of in that boat too. I was really disappointed um, because when when I heard about this, I was instantly reminded of Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, right? Which had like a full script written. Like I, I I've read it; it's awesome. <laughs> but basically, I think the main problem was Sam Raimi. Like he just would not get on board with it um, because he wanted to be in control of it, which isn't surprising. Coming from Sam Raimi. Also, Robert England said recently at uh, Emerald City Comic Con that Ash was supposed to win, and New Line was like, "No, how could Ash not win? Yeah, he's the hero. He he's the one hero in those in that th- but three. I guess according to England, the, uh, their theory was that since Freddie just lost to Jason, they can't have him lose again. But Freddie's an asshole, and he always loses. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason's badass. Yeah. That that's that's Freddy's thing. He loses. Besides, did he really lose? Like he, his head winked at the end, so he was still alive. Right, but I mean, they made a. My point was like they made a comic book series, uh, uh, a short series. It's about ten issues, I think. I want to say it was eight, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they've they've been out for several years at this point, um, but they took the script and developed it into this comic book series, which is cool. But I mean, that was basically signaling that the, the movie was done. Like it was never happening. Um, and so when I heard about this, it was just instantly made me think of that. And I was like, Oh no, because I want to see the fucking movie. Well, yeah, we all do. But I don't know. I mean, although this is what we get right now. Nathan Basil's getting old at this point. He is. I mean, everybody's getting old. I mean, it's going to come to a point where they can't just bring the old actors back because right. they're just too fucking old. I did. I just got a uh, email from them this morning, or maybe yesterday or this morning, and it said that they uh, they have a cameo in the comic. It's like it, within the first couple pages. They wouldn't say who it is, but they said that he was going to sign the comics. Really? Yeah. Wonder who. Wonder, Wait, I mean, it, you got to figure England's probably going to be in it, right? Because he's got to be Doc Haller in, right? Um, maybe Kane Hodder. That that's that's what my mind went to, but I mean, he, he didn't really have a very pivotal role in the movie. So yeah, I mean, he could be a different role though. Sure. I don't know. I Whatever. guess we'll find out. Um, if you go to our website, graveplotpodcast dot com, uh, there's a story that I wrote about it on there, and there's a link to the the Indio Google page in there. So that's probably the easiest way to find it. Cool. Last I checked, they were about 80% funded. Right on, right on, right on. Also, uh, did you hear Maniac Cop finally got the green light? The remake? Yeah, I mean... Did you hear the synopsis? No. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's a Maniac Cop at all. He just sounds like a rogue cop. I mean, may- maybe there is a supernatural element, but it's, it's not mentioned in the synopsis. It basically just says that there's this police officer who is trying to find out why this other police officer is killing people. That sounds really fucking boring. It does. And 
And it's Nicholas Winding Refn, and I mean, he's not directing it, but he's producing it, and I'm really not impressed by anything he's done. No. I mean, like... <sighs> you can go listen to our review of Neon Demon. We were not kind. Yeah. I mean, like, Driver... Drive. I keep doing that. You do keep doing that. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, it was it was just like Neo, Neon Demon. It was nice to look at. Um, unlike Neon Demon, the story was mildly interesting, but all in all, it wasn't that great of a movie. Um, and yeah, Neon Demon was just caca. It was poo-poo, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really not thrilled about him having anything to do with this. Yeah, me neither. Because, and, and they're probably not going to have Bruce. Probably not, no. Um, I mean. Actually, I know they're not because the lead character is a female. Okay. I mean, Bruce might still make a cameo, but I doubt it. Well, He's busy it, making Ash vs. Evil Dead. This isn't a sequel. No, it's a remake. Right. So he just, so, he, he, I, think, I think it would only make sense for him to have a cameo at most. Right. But, uh, regardless, oh, we lost all our viewers except for one. It's probably my dad. I think Jordan must have been one. Yeah, he liked it. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, that's all I got. Yep. Should we jump into some horror business? Yeah, why not? You know, we've had guests on for the last three episodes, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird just being the two of us now. <laughs> well, we were finally sh- get some alone time, right? <laughs> we were supposed to have a guest, but that just didn't happen. Yeah, we. Uh, he he said he wants to do eighty four. So, okay. Well, look forward for episode eighty four, guys. <laughs> um, starting out with real world horror. Oh, buckle up for this one. Mm. So, any of you that are scared to lose your virginity. <laughs> That's a good way to start. <laughs> Hopefully, there aren't a lot of you out there that are listening to this, because you're probably too young. Either that or Your just... parents should be monitoring your internet behavior and not <laughs> letting you listen to podcasts that say fuck and pussy all the time. <laughs> um. But here's a reason to be scared of vaginas. <laughs> um, we're all aware of the movie Teeth, um, which is about... Uh, Vagina dentata? Yes. Where basically... It's 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 a kind of a myth. Like, I don't think there's actually been any real reports of it. Not that I know just of. A, just a folklore, old wives' tale um, about a vagina growing teeth. Right. <laughs> And biting they dicks off. Um, but here's a sort of real life situation. Uh, after seven years of postpartum celibacy, Teresa Bartram uh, had her bladder lifted using pl- uh, plastic mesh sling or transvaginal tape. Which uh, is it's a fairly common procedure, apparently, especially for women after they have children and they want to, you know, tighten things up down there. Mm hmm. Um, but during a very sensual lovemaking session, so sensual, two years later, uh, her vagina almost sliced the end of her partner's dick off. Um, and they were left covered in blood. She said, she told the son 
which is a British rag, I think. Yeah. Um, she said, it was like it had grown teeth. There it is. <laughs> and she said, after that, he was scared of my lady garden. <laughs> <laughs> lady garden, I love it. <laughs> it was all very British. So British. Um, and uh, approached it as if I was a Venus flytrap and he was a fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fucking terrified of this. Hell yeah. I wouldn't put my dick anywhere near it. Just snap down on the end of your cock, almost like literally almost chop it off. No, thank you. Um, I guess the mesh secured itself uh, with cartilage to her p- pelvis, first shrinking in size and then turning hard. She said it felt like razor sharp teeth. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was her. Um, she said it felt like razor sharp teeth. Hence... Why it ripped a chunk from my boyfriend's willy. <laughs> willy. <laughs> what a fucking terrifying predicament. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for both of them. Yeah. Because that's like, you know, assuming he can have reparative surgery done, uh, you know, he could probably walk away from this just fine. Um, yeah. And... But, I mean, he's, he's going to carry that memory with him for the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might be terrified. Of vaginas. Of vaginas. Uh, and then her, I mean, that's this, especially because she talked about it in the news, this is going to be like a reputation thing. Yeah. Like, people are going to remember this. So, it's just, it's just unfortunate for all parties involved. <laughs> yeah. Old snatch trap. Yeah. <sighs> It's terrible. I'm sorry. That was <laughs> I should not have said that. <laughs> um yeah, I think she she got the uh the the tape removed and I, I don't know if everything's back to normal down there, but I don't they know. didn't go into too much detail. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't want to, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean these these are the basics. That's all you really need to know. Right. I, I Just, need... you know, guy had his dick bitten off. Right. That's bad news. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what the moral of the story is here, but... Um, I don't know. Protect your neck. <laughs> I guess maybe ask any potential sexual partners if she's had a transvaginal tape. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's that's an awkward conversation to have. <laughs> it's just like, you know, before we do this, I have to ask, how many people have you been with and have you ever had an STI? And do you have transvaginal <laughs> tape? <laughs> if you do, is it hard and attached to your pelvis? <laughs> oh, oh, my. That's it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to start off the show. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of flies, <laughs> um, this is old news by now, but we haven't got a chance to talk about it. But the fly is being remade again over at 20th Century Fox. Uh, I, I can't wait. <laughs> cool. Cool, bro. <laughs> um, 
of course, the, the original is from 1958 and starred Vincent Price, the one and only. Yep. Uh, it spawned two sequels, Return of the Fly and Curse of the Fly. And the, then there's the remake that most people know, which is the 1986 version by David Cronenberg featuring Jeff Goldblum. Just blooming it up. Right. Which is amazing. Like, that movie is incredible. Oh, yeah. It's so, so good. It's so well done. There's there's everything about it is, I mean, from the technical aspects to um, the, 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 the scripting itself to... To the acting, everything about it is top notch. Is Gina Davis in that? Yes. What was the deal with Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis? I don't know. Why it's, were they in so many movies together? It was like the third one. I can th- the, like. I think this is the third one in a series that they are in together. Because I can think of this. Uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Yep. That's at, at least three, and like all within you know a couple of years. Right. Yeah. I mean, like the mid to late eighties. Right. Yeah. Um, and that that had a sequel, right? With, with Eric, Eric Stoltz, Stoltz. <laughs> who played Goldblum's kid, right? Well, anyways, uh, this new version, uh, they're uh, they're looking to make it into a franchise, naturally, of course. Um, they're currently in negotiations Fucking with Fox. J.D. Dillard. Fox will turn anything they have into a franchise, like they're unscrupulous like that. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Which like. I don't feel like you should go into something saying, we're going to make this a franchise. You make a movie, and if that works, you make another movie. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like you own the rights. Nobody's going to take them away from you. Yeah. Wait to see if it's even worth keeping them. If exactly. You, if you want to throw your money into another movie. Yeah, I mean, look at you know the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Jackie Earl Haley signed on for three movies. They're probably never going to make another one. No. But it sucks for him that he's under contract for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're in negotiations with J.D. Dillard to write and or to co-write and direct. I don't know who the co-writer would be, but oh, sorry, uh, actually, would be Alex Thurer. 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 Um, yeah, who I guess is is Dillard's writing partner. Uh, they worked together on Slight, which, which uh, Dillard good. also directed, um, starring Gus. Right. <laughs> As as the gangbanger, right? Is, yeah, Dule Hill, who anybody watch Psych knows him as Gus. Yeah, and then people who watch The West Wing know him from that. What was he on? I didn't know that. Yeah, probably a more serious role than Gus, I guess. But but still very like you know buttoned down and you know p- political uh, White House employee. So he's right. You know he's not out there wearing gold chains and yeah. pushing drugs like he is in Slight. Yeah, it's like I mean I've never watched West Wing, but. I know him as Gus from Psych, who was like very was a very cautious and, and nervous guy, yeah, and kind of a screwball at the same time. So yeah, to see him play like a, a gang leader is just like uh, I don't buy it. Yeah, sorry, but Slight looks good. I think yeah, looks kind of like X Men, a little, um, but with some genre elements, right? Yeah, I mean. It, I saw it actually during the trailer. I think it was like a, a a bit from a from a review or something said it was something mixed with um, uh, Chronicle. And I oh could yeah, see that. yeah. I don't remember what that was, but I saw the same thing. Yeah, I could see the Chronicle element of it. Yeah, but anyway. But so yeah, the fly is uh, 
It's going to be a thing. I don't know. Fun stuff. I mean, I just, I'm sure it's going to be super CGI. Oh, no doubt. And that's, that's a problem. That was, that was what made Cronenberg's. Didn't it win an award for its makeup effects? I, uh, I don't know, but I mean, it very well. I feel like it might've won like an Academy Award or something for its visual effects. I don't know. And this one's probably just going to be, you know, cartoons, fucking watercolors. Let's see. <laughs> yes, the Academy Award winning makeup was designed and executed by Chris Wallace, Inc. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, the makeup and the creature effects both were incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, really put a stamp on like the body horror yeah like uh, not genre wouldn't be the right word but well sort of subgenre um yeah I, I feel like body horror films are really held to that kind of standard and yeah but like you said i mean as far as uh, i mean if they're going to follow if they're really going to remake like cronenberg version then you know, saying probably Brundlefly. Um, I am. I imagine there's probably not going to be a lot of practical effects. Probably mostly CGI. Right. But I mean, I I don't know because <clears throat> Cronenberg's uh, was only very loosely tied to the original film. That's true. So, well, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, no, I don't know if there's even a script yet or if they're just. Uh, you know, just decided they're gonna do it, and <laughs> hired somebody. <laughs> but uh, Fox. we'll see. So Jim from The Office is making his directorial debut. Fat helper. <laughs> um, making his directorial debut uh, with a horror movie, of all, th- of all things. Uh, during production meetings of Jack Ryan, and he's playing the new Jack Ryan for the Amazon series, which was a weird pick for me. Yeah, I think it was his idea. I think he went to the studio and was like, I want to be Jack Ryan. Oh, and they were like, okay. <laughs> but I mean, you know, Jack Ryan has obviously changed his look over the years. I mean, uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Ben Affleck, I think, played him in one movie. Could be wrong on that. Was Bradley Cooper? No. No. Uh, I was um, uh, Chris Pine. That's right. Uh, but now Jim <laughs> or John Krasinski, for those of you at home. Um, but yes, during production meetings for Jack Ryan, Krasinski discussed his interest in doing a horror movie uh, similar to The Purge and Ouija. Really? Really, Jim? I don't know. Those are your inspirations? But those are two different movies. They have nothing to do with each other. Those are two very different styles of horror. Yeah. I mean, other than being shitty Blumhouse movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's the only connection I can think of. Yeah. I mean, The Purge is a very, like, you know, kind of real-world set, 
like dystopian, dark and gritty. Yeah. And then Ouija is, you know, very supernatural. So, right. I mean, I don't know if he meets somewhere in the middle or what, but, um, but yeah, the film is going to be called A Quiet Place. It's set on a farm where a family has been terrorized by a ghostly being for some time. Um, Krasinski is going to be writing the screenplay um, from an earlier draft by uh, writing directing team Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who wrote Nightlight. Not familiar with Nightlight. I've heard it, or I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. Um, hmm. I didn't take him for a writer. I mean, I, I guess he... Has he written anything before? I don't know. I, w- I want to say maybe he like wrote or co-wrote some episodes of The Office, but I, I don't know if that's an accurate statement. To the interwebs. Mm, looks like he wrote wrote a movie, wrote a film in 2009 and 2012 and wrote one episode of a TV show. Hmm. Interesting. Quite. Um, yeah, so uh, it's going to be starring Krasinski and Emily Blunt, who are an actual real life couple power couple yeah they are just adorable together they are have you seen them in uh um oh shit what's his name fucking late night guy that used to be on the man show kimmel kimmel yeah they had like a prank war going no oh man it was so good (laughs) you gotta look that up on youtube so good so good um this is gonna be the first time on screen together really yeah when i first read that i was like is that True. Then I like I was going through their credits, and I was like, "Yeah, I guess that's guess that's right, huh?" I, I, like I feel like I could have placed them in something together before, but I guess not. Um, variety writer Justin Kroll said Emily wasn't the first choice, but while John was flying to meet with other talent, Blunt got hold of of the script and attached herself before he landed. So is she a producer then? If she just attached herself, <laughs> I don't know. But they do have a production company together. Okay, so maybe that's who's putting it out. I I guess. I mean, it's Blumhouse. So, I I don't know. That whole business element of filmmaking. It's not Blumhouse. Didn't it say it was Blumhouse? No. Oh, right. Sorry, I was just... They're too shitty. He mentioned two shitty Blumhouse movies. Right. (laughs) No, it's actually worse. Right. It's Platinum Dunes. Oh. This is being produced by Michael Bay, Andrew Form, and Brad Fuller. F- fuck. <laughs> Fudge! <laughs> oh. So all the excitement I had for this just went right out the window. It was like a boner that just disappeared. Yeah. Just, just... Oh, you're... I, I didn't mean that. My dick doesn't actually make that noise. <laughs> Your dick doesn't make noises? <laughs> I just went... To indicate a, a a dying boner, but it was just a joke. It doesn't actually do that. Okay, I didn't think it did. <laughs> don't accuse me. You don't know anything. <laughs> you don't know my life. I think the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> How awful will that be when your boner starts to sink away? You makes a fucking deflating farting noise. <laughs> your wife's just like, what was that noise? Don't worry about that. Nothing, honey. <laughs> it's completely natural. <laughs> Happens to a lot of guys. 
Uh, shooting's gonna begin in the fall. Um, yeah. Have you, did you see? I think there's only been one picture so far, but you see Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins. Yeah, I'm into it. I was into it when I first when they first announced it. I was like, that's a good choice. Yeah, I think she, of all the British women I can think of that are like you know well known actresses, she's the only one that I think could follow in Julie Andrews' footsteps. Yeah, I buy it. Speaking of British actresses, you know that movie Prevenge? Prevenge? Yeah. No. Oh, it's about a pregnant woman. I think like the baby starts trying to make her kill people or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> okay. But apparently it's uh, written by, directed, and starring the chick who was the uh, the clerk or whatever from uh, Hot Fuzz. Mr. Skinner. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought that was pretty random. So yeah, I don't know about this uh, quiet whatever. Fuck Michael Bay. So Sean S. Cunningham is returning to the world of horror. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's going to be producing a movie called The Elevator Game. Apparently, The Elevator Game is a real urban legend from Korea and Japan. Uh, it gained worldwide notoriety when it was blamed for the mysterious death of, death of Elisa Lam. Uh, longtime listeners of the show may remember we talked about Elisa Lam before. Uh, she was a young woman who was found drowned in a sealed water tank on top of the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, there was a video that came out of her in the elevator acting very erratically and making some very weird hand gestures. And uh, and then she just kind of disappeared and then was found naked in this water tank. Right. People think that she was possessed or something ghostly or otherworldly. Uh, took her uh, more practical people think that she probably had some kind of psychological disorder or was on maybe some kind of drugs right Flocka possibly mm. Flocka Flocka would explain a lot <laughs> <laughs> I love that video uh-huh. <laughs> I love that video so much <laughs> um, the synopsis for the elevator game says a young woman goes in search of her sister who disappears after participating in a mysterious internet ritual known as the elevator game. According to the game, if you enter an elevator and press the buttons in a certain sequence, you will be transported to another dimension in the spirit plane. Really? The other world. Creative name. There you may be granted your deepest secret desire, or you may find death and damnation. Convince her sister is trapped in the other world. (laughs) The only way for Leela to save her lost sister is to play the elevator game herself. You either get your secret desire or you find death and damnation. That does not seem like good odds. <laughs> it's like, like the lottery. But you don't, what do you, you lose a dollar if you lose the lottery. Okay, it's like spending your life savings on the lottery. <laughs> Which would All just, or nothing, baby. <laughs> I'm all in. Go ham. <laughs> uh, this was written by Nicole Jones Dion, who will also direct the film. Uh, it's going to be produced under Cunningham's Crystal Lake Entertainment banner. Uh, it's set to begin filming in L.A. this wonder September. Gonna, I wonder if that's going to stay his f- for much longer. Yeah. That's a good point. 
I mean, I don't know who owns the name Crystal or, Lake. It, the whole Victor Miller thing, I don't know if that goes Miller's way, if he's going to own the name Crystal Lake. Right. Uh, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Well, that's fine. Um, there was another Elisa Lam movie in production a while ago called The Bringing uh, over at Sony. That uh, at one point had Nicholas Winding Refn attached. Uh, he left, and then Michael Pena was supposed to star at one point, but Sony just decided to fucking shit can that. And, Good. Uh, so now we're getting this elevator game, which sounds kind of awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were r- rumors that um, uh, American Horror Story Hotel was at least partially inspired by Elisa Oh, right. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's not like... I mean, it, there was no really like any direct references to her. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've already somewhat seen something. Yeah. And then, I mean, this also, it sounds like it's not like a movie about her. It's not, the story does not involve Elisa Lamb. Right. It's just kind of inspired by these events. Yeah. So you're still going to get inspired by true events in the fucking credits. Right. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> One time uh, me and my dad were seeing a movie and you know, that, that movie came out like uh, a year or two ago. Uh, I think it had Frank Gyllenhaal in it. It was, <laughs> I think it was him. Um, and uh, it, it was about them climbing up Everest. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, well. Uh, Doesn't ring any bells. It just, it's <laughs> like the trailer opens up and it says, inspired by a true story. <laughs> like audibly in this quiet theater, I was just like, Oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> because inspired by true story movies are so fucking boring. Usually. Usually. Yeah. Um, so people actually believe this, that you can just go in an elevator and push the buttons in a spe- certain way and you'll get transported to another dimension. Yeah, what a bunch of fucking nonsense. Really? Is it like, there's so many things that, dic- that will dictate this. Like, is it like, you have to press, you know, one from one row, one from another row, such and such, um, or do you have to press the like number floor sequence? numbers? Yeah. yeah, but it's like that's that belief is predicated that every elevator is the same and has the yeah. same number of floors and the same number of rows of buttons. It's like the building I work in has seventeen floors and there is one, sorry, two rows of buttons, and. The building I work in has four. Four floors. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, unless the the magical numbers are one through four, like you couldn't even do it. You couldn't play the game. Oh, darn. <laughs> How will I ever get to the other world? <laughs> How will I get my deepest desires? Or death and damnation. <laughs> well, I can find that anywhere. <laughs> sure. You can find that outside. Probably. <laughs> What happened? Uh, the fucking thing stopped working. That that happened. Um, so yeah, I don't know. This sounds dumb. Yeah. They need to stop trying to make horror movies out of real things. Yeah. James Wan. Especially, yeah, especially fucking Warrens. Give me a break. Fuck out of here. Hey, Mom, there's something in the back room. Not the creatures from above You used to read me stories
Okay, Alien, Alien Covenant is coming up uh, here pretty soon. Um, doesn't look half bad. It looks better than, um, uh, fuck, what's it called? Prometheus. Prometheus. Uh, despite popular opinion, that movie sucked. Um, this looks like it's definitely more of an alien movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, but apparently Ridley Scott wants to make all of the future alien movies, which I'm sure throws a wrench into the works for Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of wondering if that's like why Scott's doing that. He's just like, no, I'll keep making them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry. I got this. You stay over there. Don't, yeah. don't touch my aliens. We talked about this, what, last episode, right? He, Like you said, he wants to try and ban an episode, like or not episode, um, movie like every two years or something like that? I think so, yeah. That's insane. You're Especially an alien movie. Like, they're so fucking epic and big. Yeah. Um, uh, he Ridley Scott said uh, there will be another one before we kind of literally and logically clockwise back into the rear. What the fuck is he saying? What? There will be another one before we kind of literally and logically clockwise back into the rear back head of the original alien. That sentence had so many extra words in it. Did he have a stroke? <laughs> he sounded like Troy Aikman. <laughs> uh, it will go into Prometheus. No, it will go Prometheus. Oh, sorry. Okay. It will go Prometheus, Awakening, Covenant. What? So he's making a prequel to this after? He's making a prequel to Covenant? He's after? basically making one, three, two. That's fucking stupid. God damn it. <laughs> I hate that. Fucking Me too. Ridley Scott. Fuck you. Uh, okay, it will go Prometheus Awakening Covenant. Fairly integral where this colonization ship is on the way. If this is successful, and then the next one... And then there will definitely be three more. Jesus Christ. This dude is like in his 70s, if I'm pretty sure. How the hell does he plan to make so many movies? I, I, I don't know. I mean, if he wants to make one a year, then <laughs> that only puts him to 76. But then you get really shitty movies. Well, yes. So yeah, so they want to make Awakening, apparently, um, after this. But it would be a prequel to this, but a sequel to Prometheus. That's so dumb. Why is he doing that? And then if that is successful, he wants to make another trilogy, which would be set after Covenant, before Alien. But who knows what order they would come out in. No shit. I don't, I, I don't understand that. Me neither. That sounds so fucking unnecessarily confusing. Yes, it does. But I mean, that first sentence kind of gives you a peek inside of his head. Yeah, I, that was so confusing. Like, I'm not even entirely sure what he was trying to say. Me neither. There will be another one before we kind of literally and logically clockwise back into the rear back head of Alien. Rear back head. Those three words don't belong in that order. I don't know, man. Uh, like I said, I think he's just trying to cock block Blomkamp. Yeah, that's fucked up. From making Alien 5. Blomkamp was definitely, I think, going to fall in the steps of James Cameron. Yeah. And everybody knows, even if they don't want to admit it, the Aliens was better than Alien. That's right. I fucking said it. Kiss my ass. I know a lot of people who think that, so I don't think it's all that controversial. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the people that insist that Alien is better are the people that just don't like sequels. Like That's the, very the possible. Purists. 
Anyway. So uh, we've got some. Oh. Ha! See? Happened to you too. <laughs> Stupid microphone. Um, I guess we've got some uh, confusing chronological events coming for, forth. Hooray. So look, look forward to that, guys. Or don't. So to have them apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur, the whole club is looking at her. next story makes me laugh <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of aliens uh a a certain hollywood is he an a-lister uh no <laughs> okay a certain hollywood actor um is getting an actor a thespian if you will sure <laughs> is getting his own reality show in which he's going to hunt ghosts and aliens. This actor is Rob Lowe. The grinder. <laughs> uh, the show is going to be called The Lowe Files. <laughs> it's going to be on A&E. Uh, it's described as an unscripted version of The X-Files. <laughs> what? Uh, Lowe and his sons Matthew and John. Very biblical. Well, keep in mind, everyone, that neither neither Rob Lowe or his two sons are FBI agents. So this <laughs> is nothing like the X-Files. Other than like them going out and looking for ghosts and aliens, apparently. Mm. Uh, but they will go, quote, on a trek around the country to investigate spooky legends and mysteries. <laughs> spooky. <laughs> the trio aim to bring some scientific rigor to the process. By consulting with experts and academics in fields related to the ghost stories they pursue. Uh, two examples of this are the unsolved mysteries and supernatural lore that will be in. Oh, two examples of the quote, unsolved mysteries and supernatural lore. I guess that's part of the synopsis or tagline or whatever uh, that will be investigated on the show are the supposed haunting of the abandoned boys' reformatory, Preston Castle in Sacramento as well as rumors of an alien base off the coast of Malibu. <laughs> what? I've never heard these rumors. No, me neither. I never heard, like, I've been to Sacramento many a time, and I've never heard of Preston Castle. I mean, I, I'm not doubting that it exists, but I've never even heard, like, the supposed haunting or whatever. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, Annie has already ordered nine episodes, so they're going straight to series with this. Um, just really rolling the dice. <laughs> it's Rob Lowe. I mean, how can you go wrong? <laughs> Keep in mind, his most latest, latest, or his latest venture was a show that didn't even last a season, which is crazy because it had Fred Savage. <laughs> right. Uh, says Lowe, since I was a kid, I've loved unexplained legends. I'm trying to do by Tr Chris Traeger, strange phenomena and the scary supernatural stories told around campfires. This is your Rob Lowe impression? <laughs> this is my Chris Traeger impression, yeah. Who the hell is Chris Traeger? Parks and Rec. Uh, help me out. Rob Here. Lowe. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I couldn't remember his character's name. I thought it was like somebody, that, like another actor or something. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, when I became a father, I shared those tales with my two sons. <laughs> Together, we literally bonded over Bigfoot, UFOs, and every creepy and bizarre story we could find, passionately debating if they were real 
or not. And we swore that someday the three of us would literally go in. It doesn't, it doesn't say literally at all anywhere in here. But, uh, we <laughs> would go on our own adventure to find out that day has come. Good. All right, Rob. It's important to bond with your kids. Right. As, as ridiculous Common as bonding may be. Um, I'm, I'm kind of stoked for this. <laughs> I'm going to watch the shit out of this. <laughs> because it's because it's a ghost show? No, because, because it's, it's Rob, Rob Lowe. Lowe. Or both. <laughs> it's it's kind of like it. It's like when they, uh, what was that? There was a show, I think it was on MTV, where they had celebrities who went to haunted places. Yeah, then they had like uh, those cameras like strapped to the chest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there was like an episode with Gary Busey. <laughs> okay. And so I was like, I have to see this. This is this is that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the combination of Rob Lowe and exploring ghosts and aliens is just like, okay, yeah, I got to see how this goes. <laughs> it may be terrible. Like maybe he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about and it's just super boring, but maybe it's awesome. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Fucking Benjamin. Rob Lowe's awesome. How good was he in Tommy Boy? So good. <laughs> but how good was he in St. Elmo's Fire, though? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that it? That's it. That's horror business, everyone. Hooray. Hope you had a good time. I did. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Let's... uh. Moving right along, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Footloose and fancy free. Movie reviews. <laughs> All right, folks. Two newer, newish. Wait, they're, they're both, both brand new. Brand new. Yeah, yeah. Uh, movies for you. So, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Let's start with the Belco experiment. Belco is a nonprofit organization that facilitates American companies in South America. All employees, lend me your full attention. Hey, it's Jesus. Your chance of survival increases by following my orders. Your task is simply this. Kill three of your co-workers, or we will kill six others. Hey, all the lines are dead. We need to evacuate the floor. Heike, come on, it's a joke, man. Hey, listen up, everybody. Whoever's doing this, they're having a little fun at our expense. from the inside. What? When we start working here, they put tracers in the back of our heads. You must not remove the tag from your body. Follow our directives, or we will detonate the explosive. Begin. I ain't melted at all. Do you know what kind of metal this is? I don't really know. Hey! 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 
we need to discuss all our options. We do not have the right to take innocent human lives. What are you doing? My wife and kids need me. Stage two, commence. We don't need no more weapons. We need to work together to get the hell out of here. Don't fucking move! In two minutes, we want 30 of you dead. If 30 of you are not dead, we will end 60 of your lives ourselves. Five, four, three, two, one. At the end of the day, people are out for themselves. So the Belko experiment uh, movie just came out last week. Uh, yeah, not yesterday, but last Friday. All right. Um, it uh, was written by James Gunn, who you would know as the director and I guess co co writer of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but uh, more genre specific uh, things like Slither, Dawn um, of the Dead, the remake. He wrote it? Mm-hmm. That's right. I always forget that. Um, and directed by Greg McLean, who I meant to... Uh, Wolf Creek. He directed Wolf Creek. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like Wolf Creek. He's an Aussie. Right. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, this has got, got a bunch of familiar faces. I mean, if you watch a lot of... Um, Scrubs. What? Scrubs. Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dr. Cox is in this. His character's weird. He is. He's 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 a creep and an asshole at the same time. Yeah. Um and a follower. Right. Uh also uh like Tony Goldwyn, um bunch of people like uh John Gallagher. Who was in Hush and Ten Cloverfield Lane? And t- yeah, um, so yeah, uh, film starts out in uh, Bogota, Colombia, Colombia, which I didn't know. I didn't know going into this that it took place in Colombia. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure it was filmed there too. I believe it. I just I didn't know. I thought this. I mean, it, okay. So they it, it it opens up on this corporation called Belco Industries. It's an American-based company operating out of Bogota. Um, and it's only very briefly referenced to what they do. Their company, they bring in American workers for companies. Like, uh, they, they, they're, they're kind of like um, uh, a consulting firm, a third party that will hire American workers to work in Colombian companies. Um, and so that's what they do. And like, it's, it's only very briefly mentioned and it's kind of well-placed in, in the story too. Like right at the beginning, there's a guy on what sounds like a telemarketing call possibly. Um, and it, it's, it it's, almost sounded like he was training, like he was trying to remember, trying to memorize this line. Cause he says it in like three or four different languages. It sounded, yeah. I mean, it, I, like I couldn't tell if it was, um, it sounded like it could either have been Spanish or um, Portuguese. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't put a, put my finger on it, but um, yeah. And then he switches to English, and yeah, gives his spiel again. Um, 
but it, it, it's well placed in that you're getting into this movie, you know, in like the first 10 minutes or so. And you're like, what the hell is this company? What do they do? And then it's like almost right on cue, this guy. So, right. so Belco Industries does this and this and this. Um, and so, yeah, uh, John Gallagher plays Mike Milch, who you're almost. <laughs> on IMDb, it says Mike Michael Milch. <laughs> Michael is his nickname when his name is actually Mike. Right. <laughs> I don't think that's right. <laughs> um. Okay. I, actually, I guess I'll start at the very beginning. Um. These people are coming to work, and they're predominantly American people, like like Americans that are working for Belco in Colombia. They're filing in in their cars and getting stopped at the gate by a security team that none of them are familiar with, um, and they are running mirrors underneath cars, uh, asking for identification, and uh, also checking trunks and you know inside people's cars just being very thorough uh, almost as if they're like protecting against like i mean i think my initial thought was like maybe it's like corporate es- espionage or something yeah but you know and one, guy, one guy asked him he's like was there a bomb threat or something right and then yeah and that's that's tony goldwin who plays the coo um barry barry um and and they, they're sending some people home too they're just telling them you know turn around and go home right and you don't really know what what their deal is at first and you find out fairly quickly that they're sending all the locals home right like all the colombian nationals are getting sent home it's only the american workers that are being kept there well i mean they're not all american i think you've got like um you know there's there's like some mexican people um one guy is welsh so there's that's true um yeah a handful of different nationalities right just anybody that isn't colombian right um and so they get into the, the office and it's basically just kind of a sort of a montage just to show the basic workings of like the beginning of an office day at Belco. Uh, you know, people saying hi to each other on the way in and um, you, you find out later on in the movie, that, like you, if you can re- harken back to this scene, the contrast of what people become is so striking. Yeah. Um, and... So this movie, it uh, it it really gets going very quickly. Yeah, it does. Like you, I was shocked. There's not a whole lot of hanging on. Very quickly, uh, these steel shutters come up over every single window and door in the building. Well, I, on, on I the like outside how, of the building, like the the lady comes in, and it's like as soon as she goes through the the turnstile, all of a sudden it's like boom, and then like everything shuts down. Yeah, and you know the voice comes over. And says there are there are eighty of you in the building. So it's like it's like they were waiting for this eightieth person. Mm-hmm. And actually, okay, yeah, just re- remembering the s- sequence of events that I, I guess the over the uh, intercom system came came on first before the shutters came up. But basically, yes, intercom comes up. There's a voice. Nobody can identify it. Nobody knows who who he is. He says there are eighty of you in the building. Uh, in two hours. There need to, uh, two of your coworkers need to be dead by any means necessary. If if two people are not dead within two hours, um, was it was it two hours at first? Uh, was it thirty? No, minutes? I think it was. Yeah, it was a shorter amount of time. Maybe it was thirty minutes. I don't remember. But. Okay. Yes, it's, it said 
two of your coworkers need to be dead within a certain amount of time. If if not, we will execute six people. Was that what it was? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will we will kill six. Or no, no. Actually, sorry, sorry. That's that's a, kind of pulling the trigger a little trigger a little early. He doesn't actually say what will happen. He just says two need to be dead. That's right. Yep, you're right. And so you know, naturally, you've got this office of eighty people thinking, "What the fuck is this? This is stupid." But there are the 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 doom and gloom people who are like, "What if he's serious?" You know, and instantly there are obviously a handful of people. Um, they basically start factioning off like almost right away. It's like the people are trying to stay rational. It's like everybody calm down. You know, essentially led by Mike. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Okay, guys, this." This sounds weird, but this let's just be safe. Everybody very calmly go downstairs in the lobby, and we'll try and we got to get out of this building. And that's when the shutters go up. Every single shutter or every single window and outside door is shuttered off by uh, this metal that nobody like the the two um, um, repairmen. Or you know, maintenance men. Yeah, whatever they cannot are. identify the metal. Michael um, Rooker. Yeah, Michael Rooker. And you can tell that this is a James Gunn movie because it's got Michael Rooker and Sean Gunn. Right. <laughs> uh, Sean Gunn plays the the pothead cafeteria worker. Um, you guys would of course know Sean Gunn from the Gilmore Girls. Right. I don't know his name. I don't either. <laughs> Sean. Sean. Uh and he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, they all gather in the lobby. They realize that they can't get out, and that's when Barry's basically trying to calm everyone down. He says, we're going to try and figure out what's going on. Just everybody stay calm. But very quickly, the, the, um, the overall community sanity starts to decline. Like people start becoming fanatical and like just scared to death over this threat that hasn't really proven to exist yet. Um, the time limit comes and goes, like whether it's two hours or thirty minutes or somewhere in between. I, I don't recall exactly. Um, and suddenly, people just start getting capped off. Um, like the the back of their heads blow out, and it by all indications it seems like there could be gunfire. Like yeah, like they're getting sh- sniped. Yeah, but they're inside a building. So as the viewer, you're kind of like, how is how this could this be a, a hidden gunman? Yeah, I was like, where is this guy shooting from? Yeah, but especially since there was some people on the roof. Yeah, and like they they were getting sniped, and then there's also people in the lobby getting sniped. I'm like, how could the same person have shot both these people? Exactly. Um. Somewhat fairly, you know, fairly soon after that, you realize that, and this was briefly mentioned at the beginning, each employee, each foreign employee, so that's why the locals were sent home, mm-hmm. has what was described to them as a tracker. Basically, there's a lot of corporate espionage in their industry for whatever reason. They also said people get kidnapped a lot in, in Bogota. Yeah. Um, and so there's a tracker so that there it's, it's kind of an insurance policy. If anybody gets kidnapped, they can be quickly located and rescued. Um, But you come to find out that 
while that may be a tracker, it's also a small explosive device right. that is blowing out the backside of people's heads. Um, and everybody there has one. So there is no rescuing them. There, there's no saving themselves. Mike goes into the bathroom and attempts to cut his out. And the overcom comes on again. With a box knife. Right. That he sanitizes with hand cleaner. Right. <laughs> he's, he's trying to carve it out of his head. Or the, like, it's kind of like right at the base of his skull. Yeah. Where he's, where he's digging. Um, and the overcom comes on and says, Mike Milch, uh, you must cease, cease trying to remove your device in 10 seconds. If, or else we'll detonate. Yeah. If you do not cease and desist, we will de- detonate. I don't get why he was like, I'm going to do this myself. Like, why not get somebody to fucking help you? Yeah. I, Wouldn't it be so much easier to get somebody else's out of their head than get your own? Especially if it's in the back of your head where you can't fucking see anything? One would think. Um, and, you know, unless it requires, like, anything more than, like, subdermal would require, like, inpatient surgery. Right. So you have to assume, yeah, it would be relatively easy to get out. Um. Let's see. So, yeah, basically. So this is when everybody figures out this thing is for real. Uh, Barry just so happens to be a an ex special forces uh, soldier. Doesn't specify what, like, yeah. whether he's like Green Bray or Navy SEALs or what. Um, but he's yeah, ex special forces. He is. He quickly identifies the yeah, the people's heads. They weren't shot. Like their heads were blown up from the inside. And that's when they just, that's when Mike makes the realization that yeah these are explosive devices in our heads, and everyone's a target. Um, the overcom comes on again and says, uh, "The next step of our he refers to he's referred to it as a game, or a he does say game at one point, okay, because um, it made me think of Saw, right? So he says the next stage in two hours, thirty of your coworkers must be dead by any means necessary." If thirty coworkers, or if thirty people are not dead in two hours, we will execute sixty. Uh, uh, we will execute sixty by our own means, which of course means exploding heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when the real that's when insanity starts to break out. People start to lose their fucking minds. Uh, they're the the what seemed to be the overwhelming group of rational people, um, suddenly like sinks like like the people just the 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 amount of rational sane people starts to just dwindle as more people just become scared for their lives, start to panic, and you know like I said this this group is more or less led by Mike, um, and who was his girlfriend's name? Uh, Leandra. Leandra. Um. They, they, they're kind of like trying to lead this group of sane people. Meanwhile, Barry's like he's trying to be rational about killing people. Yeah, he's like, you know, we need to do this in order to save the rest of us. Well, yeah, like he tells one guy at one point, he's like, "You have kids." He's like, "I have kids. I need to be there for my wife and kids." Yeah. So fuck these people, basically. Yeah. Um. But he, even before that, like that's when he's like, as the viewer, you can see that he's starting to go a little crazy yeah they also turned off the air conditioning so there's that like there's all these people in this building with narrow air conditioning in bogota so heat makes people do crazy things too yeah (laughs) um 
so but yeah like barry's just like you know we need to do this it's like oh well you know he's saying i'm not saying we should do this we just need to discuss our options and figure out what's going to be the best for everyone and people like mike are just saying what are you talking about you're you you are discussing executing our friends and our coworkers, people we know and um Barry's just like, I know that, but we need to talk about what is going to be the best for the for the group. Um, so that's when these these factions start really splitting off. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I mean just just the overall wedge that is driven between essentially two factions, people that are willing to execute anyone necessary to save their own lives and the people that are just trying to not only stay sane and think that executing anyone else is crazy, but also stay alive. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the clock is ticking at all times. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this two hours is quickly ticking by. And um, yeah, just the overall sanity starts to dwindle. Um, people become more and more um, primal. Um like one of the first people to just be like, "All right, let's start fucking killing." Is uh, Wendell? Wendell, yeah, um, John C. McGinley, yeah, who just like storms into the kitchen and just like opens the drawers and starts grabbing knives and meat cleavers. He's like, "All right, let's get, let's do this." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, that I mean that's essentially the movie. Um, I mean, I don't want to give any any crucial plot points away that would give away the ending or anything. Um. I will say this: the ending is fairly easy to predict. Yeah, um, and I'm sorry if that is a bit of a spoiler to anybody who watches the movie, but I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write the movie or direct it. Um, so, like, you- me and you were talking about this last night because we knew we couldn't talk about the ending on the show, mm-hmm. but we were saying that the ending like doesn't really—they don't explain. How it how it ends? Yeah, they kind of. Mm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but like they don't. The way that it ends is not how they say that it's going to end, right? And so the whole time, at least me, I was thinking like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know. I will say that you, at the end, you you. Are told why it's happening. But the reason isn't good enough. It's dumb. Yeah, it's 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 very telegraphed, and just seems kind of lazy. I mean, the name of the movie kind of gives it away. Mm, yeah, um, and it's just like, well, but but why? Yeah. <laughs> um, but what what do you think of it overall? I thought it was good, not great. Yeah. Um, I feel like there were plot holes in it. There were um, some, but I mean, not to interrupt you, but the plot holes that were there, if you think about them, that's when you notice them. If you're just yeah. watching the movie, you don't really notice. True. So it's not like glaring, big glaring things that kind of disrupt the movie, I don't think. Yeah. It's when you try to think back on it and it's like, well, that didn't make sense. For sure. Except for the end. Right. <laughs> um, I, I loved the acting. I thought it was incredibly well acted by everyone. Um, and just like some of the people that are in it are so random, like Big Head from Silicon Valley, 
Right. Isn't that's this? that's where okay. I was trying to think of why I recognize that guy. The bully from Parker Lewis can't lose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what? Where's that guy been? <laughs> and I love the scene when Sean Gunn is convinced that it's in the water. Right. What it is, nobody knows. No. <laughs> but he's convinced it's in the water. And so he's just going around and dumping out all these things of water. <laughs> and the guy from Parker Lewis is like, Do you drink any? <laughs> Yeah, and that that's it was another thing about this is like you got people like him or like the two of them freaking out these people that are already freaked out. Like yeah. just giving them another reason to panic. Yeah. Um and uh yeah. And so I thought this was uh the the, the story was good and um as far as like the script went it was definitely had James Gunn written all over it. Oh, for sure. It was very good at building this tension. And I mean, like it was constantly tense. You're you're constantly thinking, it's like, okay, when are these people going to turn on each other? Like you said, it this movie gets going right away within like the first ten minutes, right? And it doesn't let up. No, but it well, not it it it, it doesn't let up. It constantly keeps this this thing of like, who's going to attack who? That's constantly on the the radar, right? But it's got this classic James Gunn thing where there's these little breaks of levity. There, there's like some humor in this, and it's it's dark, dark humor, and I love it. Yeah, like um, I mean, there's there's some uh, good like laughable parts too. Um, oh shit! Oh, okay, I say so. Um, so Barry and Wendell and two other guys I don't think are actually addressed by name. Um, they're trying to break into the armory where guns are kept for the security team. And they're trying to blow through it with a with a blowtorch, um, and Mike tries to get them to stop. And Ethan was that his name? Evan. Evan, uh, the security guard. He he's like the only one with a gun, um, and he is threatening to shoot. Barry and Wendell if they don't stop trying to break into the armory because he's got the keys, won't give it to him um, because he wants the guns to stay locked up to avoid exactly what happens in the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mike talks him out of, like, gets him lower the gun, takes the gun, and then he shoots the the propane tank. Like, well, not, not the tank. He shoots, shoots the hose off, mm -hmm. which... Was very reckless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then they get in the elevator and they're going back up. And um, Evan, they're, they're just kind of standing there. And it's it's kind of like that scene from Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Actually, James Gunn, so it, it makes <laughs> sense. But they're just standing there in silence. It's it's uh, Mike, Evan, and Leandra um, standing there with the Muzak going. It made me think of Bloodsucking Bastards. Or that, yeah. And that, that's honestly what I expected going into this, I, for some reason. I yeah, guess, I could see that. I didn't realize that this was just, this was not a comedy, although it had some comedic elements to it. It's, it's, it's just a, a thriller. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, but yeah, they're still growing up in the elevator, and Evan, he's like, that was badass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it's just... Like those little, like I said, those little breaks of, of uh, levity kind of break the tension a little bit. And I like the the interactions between Mike and Leandra are like spot on new couple kind of interactions. Oh yeah, totally. 
because she's like kind of on the fence about you know whether or not they should actually talk about if they should kill people mm-hmm. and you know mike's just like no we absolutely can't and she is very upset that he won't at least consider it right <laughs> and like she's talking he's like hey 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 and she's like don't you talk to me like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then roberto is like i didn't like the way he said hey either <laughs> <laughs> or no it was big head it was big head <laughs> uh yeah, so I mean, I, the, the, all the characters are very real. They're all very real people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you've worked in an office, I think you've met these people at least once. Uh, I mean, well, maybe not all of them. Maybe not a Wendell. Maybe not a Wendell. But I mean, I, th- I think if you talk to a female, that's true. They've guaranteed you they've met a creep like that. Probably. Maybe not an aggressive one like like Wendell, but definitely a creep. Um. Like just just kind of give you guys an idea of what Wendell is like. The first time you see him, he's staring at Leandra from his desk. Yeah, and she catches him, and he just keeps staring. So she sends him an IM, and is like, "Most people stop staring when you catch them." And he's like, "LOL, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Doctor Cox, he's an LOL. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but and like like Barry. He's like the nice boss, like gets along with everyone, um, but can turn into a real asshole if you push him. Yeah. Everybody's had that boss. And then just goes into like his special forces mode. Yeah. When shit starts breaking down. And that's the thing when, yeah, when things, things start to go insane, like Wendell is, I don't think he's special forces. I don't think so. I mean, it was, it wasn't like... Barry didn't say, oh, I'm ex-Special Forces. Somebody else implied that he was. I think somebody else said they saw his file. I didn't catch that. I think that's what he said. Well, he, like, they're saying, like, uh, I think they said something along the lines of, like, you know, it's ever going to be every man for himself. And then one guy's like, well, some of us aren't exactly prepared to do that. And he's like, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah. He's like, well, we're not, not all ex-Special Forces. And it's like, okay, they're referring to Barry, but I didn't know if they were also referring to Wendell or not. Yeah, it's not really clear. But Wendell is legitimately crazy. Oh, for sure. Like, he goes over the top. Like I said, he's the first one who's just like, okay, let's start fucking stabbing people with kitchen knives. Right. Um, (laughs) We'll go with the fork. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, Barry and Wendell and their little team of assholes... They are instantly aggressive. They obviously have the upper hand on everyone, not just because um, they are, you know, strong and in you know in at least one case trained killers, but they are um, the most willing to do it. Yeah, and that's that's like I think. I think that's the overall thing about the movie that that most uh, um, interested me, you know, as watching as I was watching it, um, is that how f- like it it, it kind of makes you think you put, put yourself in that situation. It's like, could you kill someone? Right. Even I mean, even if it uh, you know, Mike Mike indicates very quickly. He says, "It's like, do you th- like?" They're, when they're talking about killing the 30 people, like discussing whether it's reasonable, how they could do it, who they would have, who who they would kill, 
Mike was saying, do you think this is going to end? If we, if we kill 30 people, do you think this is going to end? Do you think they're going to leave witnesses behind? Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, it makes you think, it's like, God, could I do this? I mean, like, if, if you have that feeling that no matter what I do, I, I'm not getting out of this, I think I would probably fucking put my belt around my neck. Yeah, I'd, I mean, eventually they get guns. I mean, I don't think that's a much of a spoiler, but eventually they do get the guns out of the armory. If I got my hands on one, I'd put a bullet in my own head. Yeah. Because it's, I don't think I could live with myself, even if I walked away from it. Yeah. Like, I, one person, I would, like, if, if, if they, well, see, there's a thing, it's like, well, they're trying to kill me. So self defense, yeah. But that in that situation, is it even worth it to live with that on your conscience? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's it, it creates this very philosophical question that, you, that I think everybody ask, will will ask themselves as they're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it it it's. Sort of a enhanced, more insane version. I think of what's going on in this country right now. Yeah, we, more isolated, but yeah, I mean, yeah. and I mean, not all these separate factions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, people that are willing to sacrifice other people to save themselves, like with no guilt, with no, I mean, no, no scruples whatsoever. Um, and the people are just like, wait, no. I mean, if we if we work together, we might be able to save ourselves. And there's just other people that just don't want to listen. Yeah. And you know, you know, you think of something something like uh, like healthcare, which which went down. If you guys hadn't heard, so go USA. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, something like that. You could put that. You could basically shadow that onto this this film yeah so um wonder if he had any any of that in mind as he wrote it i don't i don't know apparently this the idea for this came to him in a dream oh really yeah he 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 dreamt the trailer interesting yeah um so i mean it's clearly i don't know if it's inspired by but it's somewhat derivative of like battle royal or battle royale Mm -hmm. um which i mean i think even the poster says office space meets battle royale. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you see that. Office space is obviously, you know, more humorous, but sure. You know, <laughs> the whole work environment thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a pretty fitting description. But uh Yeah, like I said, I think it was it was good, but not great. It definitely is a uh like you said, a very tense movie. Mm-hmm. A very like thought provoking movie. Um it stirs up a lot of emotions within people. Um I was kind of surprised how empty my theater was. Yeah, me too. I, was really I thought this movie was like hyped. I got that impression, but I don't know. Maybe that's just because, you know. It took so long to come out. Well, yeah. And I mean, like most of the people that we talk to online are all horror people. It's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, you know, I texted you when I sat down at the theater. It's like there are barely 100 seats in this theater. And by the time the movie started, there were maybe ten people in the theater. There were nine people in mine. Okay. By the time the movie started. Right. Um, yeah. 
and and I, like I told you, most of those people came in less than five minutes before them before the trailers started running. Well, I would say that people are missing out if they're not going to see this. I think it's I think this is worth a watch. It's you know it's not amazing. It's nothing super groundbreaking, but it's it's a good movie. And the gore effects alone, holy shit! Yeah, I don't know who did the effects, but they're fucking awesome. Yeah, like this. I will say this: if that was CGI blood spatter, I'm very impressed. Yeah, but I am more than convinced that that was real practical effects, like squibs. You know, putting squib a squib on somebody's head—that's risky business. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, there are ways to do it without explosives. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but it, it looked good. I mean, it wasn't a gory movie; just a lot of exploding heads. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you know, a lot of blood, but a lot of it, you know, happens off screen. Yeah. But then there's, you know, there's some scenes that are like almost slasher inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and just the effect. One character gets their head caved in. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. I think that was like the most disturbing kill. There was four probably teenage girls who sat in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that scene, they're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I could, as we were leaving, I could hear them just being like, that movie was gory. I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Oh, children. Oh, oh honey. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it is, it is somewhat gory at parts, but those are a few parts. Right. But like I said, the effects, the, 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 uh, gore effects are awesome. Mm. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting that this movie and, and bloodsucking bastards, um, it, it puts, puts a horror element in an environment where we're not used to seeing it in an office. True. And it's like. We both work in offices. Like there are probably a high percentage of our listeners that work in offices. So it's just like that's something that we're not used to seeing. Like yeah. it, it hits it's home for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Um so I wish there had been more of the kind of slashery scenes, more of the kind of like hands on kills mm-hmm. and less gunplay. Yeah. I mean there are some like blunt weapons used. And yeah, the the guns, that's a little, uh, I don't know, easy, I guess. Right. But yeah, there there are definitely some uh, impractical weapons used, and one person gets their head snapped or their neck snapped. Oh right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I've said my piece. I think it's about all I got. Okay. What do you say? Um, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go six and a half. Fucking halves. God damn it. Um, I don't get your problem with the halves. Because it's a, it's a cop out. It's not a cop out. It's more precise. More precise. It's non-committal. That's what it is. You're non-committal. Um, yeah, I mean, like. I I went in went in hoping to like this. Um I had seen a couple of bad reviews which kind of discouraged me and then going into a tiny little theater where it wasn't even 25% full. Granted I went to a showing at like a quarter to 5 on a Friday afternoon. So that, yeah, I went a quarter to 8 on a Friday night, so. Oh, uh, okay. 
Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, that was discouraging. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to suck. But it, it, it didn't. I mean, it wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it wasn't bad. And I really think that anybody that's buying the hype that it's that it's a poorly done movie should really uh, at least give it a chance. Yeah. Um, maybe don't see it when, when I saw it, or I spent $13 on a movie ticket. <laughs> I'd say go catch it for a matinee, or if your theater has a discount day, go see it then. Yeah. But definitely go see it. Um, if nothing else, uh, you know, I guess you could wait till it comes out on Blu-ray or on Netflix, Netflix or, maybe. Or, well, Netflix might take a little longer, but yeah. Uh, say if it comes out on on home video or um, uh, some kind of sh- streaming service, then I would check it out there for definitely because it's it's it'd definitely be worth what the six bucks that you spend on it to yeah. to rent it. Um. Anyway, so uh, I'll give it a seven. See, I was. While I was watching it, I was trying to think in my head what I would give it. And for most of the movie, I was around a seven. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that ending just kind of bugged me. The ending was really soft. And so I was in my mind, I dropped down to a six. So that's why I just split the difference with six and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should reassess. Maybe I should say six. Because I, I know that I dropped, I, I, I deducted a point. For, for get out for having a soft ending it's true Ooh, but i just really don't want to give this a six six and a half no fuck it i'm just, just, just say seven that's fine all right we know you really mean six and a half i don't mean six and a half i don't half anything <laughs> Except you're a half inch dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, second movie is a uh, VOD release from IFC Midnight. Uh, just came out recently, uh, this month, I believe, called The Devil's Candy. We come to the place where we joke about the idea of the devil. But that is Satan's lie. <laughs> to distract us from the reality of who he is. And what's going on? It's like it flowed through me. I don't remember painting this. This is mommy and daddy's house. They're dead. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I need to come home now. We are his pawns. We are his demons on earth. He uses us to carry out his unspeakable deeds. We satiate his hunger. Your latest work is wonderfully disturbing. Oh my God. I didn't mean to do this. To sacrifice. He will slither into your soul. in a Halloween store. He's not what you see in the movies. He is an active, violent, personal reality. 
Just the gas? He's right. You are the sweetest candy of them all. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Devil's Candy. Oh, I can't hear. Oh no. AKA Las Dolces del Diablo. Las Dolces? Isn't that like the sweets? I thought the dolce was milk. That's leche. You are right, sir. Dolce de leche is caramel. Very good. <laughs> Me speaky Spanish. <laughs> so this is a uh, a movie from uh, written and directed by Sean Byrne. Sean Beard. <laughs> Sean Beard. <laughs> I told, when that name came up on screen, that's instantly what I thought of. <laughs> yes, it's spreading. <laughs> um, who wrote and directed <laughs> the Loved Ones? Um, which is a good movie. Have you seen that? I don't remember <laughs> yeah well he is uh australian i believe uh yes I, okay. I i do know that much um wanted to make sure i didn't say australian if he was new zealander because apparently they hate that yeah they don't like that and vice versa right so it's about uh jesse and his family his or wife yes, and daughter we don't know could be a soft j <laughs> no we know <laughs> they say it in the movie <laughs> <laughs> Played by Ethan Embry of Empire Records fame. <laughs> fame, yeah. <laughs> Mark, you should join Gwar. You play a mean guitar, man. <laughs> Too bad you have to die. <laughs> <laughs> How good is Empire Records? So good. That, sh- that should be our warm up. There we go. Fucking A. Um, don't worry about that. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Uh, can you close that door? So he he's. Can you close that door quietly? <laughs> I don't do anything quietly. Clearly, you just peeked as a motherfucker. God damn it! I um, fucking hate fixing those. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse and his wife and daughter move into a new house, uh, formerly inhabited by a guy named Ray, played by Pruitt Taylor Vince, who you might recognize from Identity or The Walking Dead. Uh, he always plays this like super creepy guy. I totally forgot he was in Walking Dead for like five episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember his character's name. Me neither. Doesn't matter. He's dead. Otis was it? Otis it was Otis. Yeah. Otis was it Otis? Might be Otis. Could it be? Could it be Otis? It, it was Otis. probably Otis. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a a big creepy looking guy, but he always plays like really sympathetic. Yet creepy characters. I guess, yeah. He, he plays that role very well. <laughs> but when he lived there, he heard these voices. And so he would play guitar really, really loud. But he seemingly only knew how to play one chord. Right. And he would just play, bomp, bomp. But he had a really bitchin' flying V, bro. It was bitchin'. And uh, I guess, was it, was it his mother that came and told him to stop? Yeah. And she uh, 
she got a flying V upside her head. Yeah, she did. So that tells you what's going on inside his mind. He's not not quite right. Well, yeah, that's she, she comes in and and says, you know, what are you doing? And I forget exactly what he says. Like he says, I have to play it loud, right? And she says, pack your things. You're going back to the hospital, right? So, so yeah, he he tries to drown out these voices, and when people you know, confront him about it. Clearly, they, they I don't know if it's the voices telling him to kill or if he's just like losing his mind because he's hearing these voices all the time. Because the voices, you, you can hear them, but you don't really understand what they're saying. It sounds like a bunch of muttering. Yeah. Like it sounded like an old man just angry at the world. Yeah. Just grumbling about kids. Get off my cloud. <laughs> um, And so he... Does he go back to the hospital, or why does the house get vacated? Because his parents are dead, and that's so. Where does he go? I, I mean, you know, he goes and lives in a hotel, but why didn't he just stay at the house or get arrested? Because <laughs> well, you know, for murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, his mom doesn't get hit with a guitar. She gets pushed down the stairs. I thought he hit her with the guitar, and she fell down the stairs. I don't think so. I think she just pushed her. Well, either way, she falls down some stairs. Yeah, I fell down some stairs. <laughs> um, and then the, the Jesse and his family move into this house, and the the whole reason they want the house is because there's this studio out back. It's a some kind of barn, barn or mm-hmm. stable or something. This takes place in Texas, right? But uh, bumfuck Texas somewhere. Nobody really knows. Nobody knows. Um, meat Texas meat. <laughs> It's building a reputation. Yep. But so Jesse is is an artist. He's a painter. And so he, he uses this stable or whatever it is as his studio. And as soon as they move in, he starts hearing the voices. Yeah. Which instantly brings up like Shining and Amityville Horror, mm-hmm. those types of things. Right. And uh, uh, Ray comes to the house one night and he says, you know, it's, it's time for me to come home. And Jesse's like, no, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, guy. And uh, Zoe, his daughter, is having a very rough time at school, but they never really explain why. No. Yeah. Like the only thing you ever see is her sitting outside of school pouting. Yeah. You see her going to school and leaving school. And but then like when they ask her, they're like, how's your day? And she's like, it was awful. Yeah. Do you ever actually see any other kids? I think maybe just kind of like walking into the school, but never like really interacting with her. Mm. But she doesn't say that she was bullied or anything like that. She just says that she had a terrible day. Yeah. Which doesn't really explain anything. But I mean, she's like this really introverted metal kid. Yeah. So she just could be over here. Her and Jesse like bond over their love of metal. Right. They're both really into like Ghost and Metallica and yeah, that was one. Guar. <laughs> that was one cool thing about this um, about this movie is the soundtrack. Yeah, we had some Metallica and um, uh, some Slayer and uh, uh, fuck, there was something else that I noticed, but I can't can't think of what it was. Anyway, good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, when Ray comes to the house, he, he uh, Zoe answers the door and he tells her, he's like, you know, you're, you're special and 
he's just like super creepy to her and she has a uh temporary tattoo of a flying v and he's like oh i have one just like that and she's like oh my god you have a flying v i've always wanted a flying v <laughs> and then you know jesse bounces him tells him to get the fuck out and the next day his flying v and his martial amp are like in the front yard right and for whatever reason he's giving them to her and jesse's like no you can't keep this and i like how he says he says i was going to get you a guitar for your birthday and she says not a flying v and a martial amp <laughs> it's like how the fuck do you know? <laughs> well, now not, not now, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Ungrateful little ass shit. Now you're getting a squire. <laughs> wom wom. <laughs> um, or a first act. Is that the Walmart brand? Yeah. <laughs> Which actually isn't as bad as it should be. But. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't the guitar player from the Aquabats play a first act? Oh, I don't know. No, I think he played a squire. But still, like, you're in the Aquabats. Right. <laughs> you, you, you can get better stuff. You can afford a Gibson, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, Jesse starts painting and just kind of gets lost in his paintings. And next thing you know, the art is just super fucking creepy. Yeah. Like, he paints an upside-down cross. And then he starts painting these children on fire. And he, he claims that he just kind of, like, blacks out. Yeah, and just wakes up and here's this art, but the local art dealer loves it. Yeah, and he wants to wants to buy it, which you know Jesse kind of feels like he has to do because they need money, and they are already past due on their bills on this house they just moved into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's already notices piling up, like final notice, of, like power getting shut off or some shit. Yeah, and I was like, didn't you just move in? Like, why did you buy a house if you don't have any money? Right. What are you doing? <laughs> It's like, you know, having recently been doing the buy house buying dance, I haven't actually bought a house, I wish, but going through all He's that. just doing the dance. Right. Um, it's like a rain dance, but different. <laughs> it's to bring me a house. Um, it's not working. No, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Buying a house with no money. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like... My wife and I, we know that- My wife. My wife. We know we have to have the money for the house, but then we also have to have money to like- Pay for the house? Well- Pay for the things. Pay, that, yeah, pay the bills. Own, owning a house yeah. entails. <laughs> yeah, make, we, we still have other bills that we have to pay. Things that already exist. So we have to have that and money for the house. Well, clearly Ray and Astrid did not think that way. Jesse. They just- Right. Ray probably didn't think that way either because he's simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesse and Astrid clearly didn't think that way because they already got bills. As for Ray, Can he's you pay a, my bills. Pay my telephone bills. Uh what is that? It's in Valencia, Spain. Why is that guy there? He's just hanging out. He looks like he's dead. <laughs> he's fucking dead, man. <laughs> He looks like he fell off a building. <laughs> like they're gonna draw a chalk outline around him. I think that is a top of the building. That's what I think too. Yeah, but like it looks like he fell off a higher building, and now they're gonna draw a chalk outline around him. People have no idea what we're talking about right now. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ray is since he doesn't have anywhere to live, he's living in this hotel and just kind of spending his days creeping on children, uh, eating a giant tub of candy. Yeah. <laughs> he's just sitting in his car with like. 
you know, one of those big plastic tubs of assorted candy mm-hmm. and just dipping his hands in and pulling out whatever, just eating candy for lunch. Yeah. And then like uh, a five year old. Yeah. <laughs> and then bashing kids with rocks. Yeah. Came really close to showing him actually bashing a kid's head in. Yeah. Which I thought would have been intense. Yeah. I think that's something, that's a barrier we need to break. You can actually show them bashing in somebody's head, like a child's head. I mean, I don't know what the budget was for this, if that was in the budget for it, but eh. it's possible they could have just pulled punches because it was a child. <coughs> I think that's probably what it was. Could be. But it was in like <coughs> super slow motion. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh, they're going to show it. They're going to show Oh, they didn't show <laughs> They didn't show um, Yeah, you come to find out that he's, Apparently, these voices in his head he thinks are Satan himself. Right. And that Satan wants him to get these children because children are the devil's candy. Right. Oh, he said it. He said the name, yeah. I don't think they actually say it. In no, the... they don't. Um, no, actually, I think they do. Like the cop does. He said that he said candy for the devil. Oh, so close. <laughs> Missed um, it by that much. So... Yeah, and then like I said, Jesse starts hearing the voices, but he kind of, you know, he blacks out into his paintings when he hears the voices. Yeah. And um, like I said, just paints these really dark things. And then when the uh, the art dealer comes to his house and is, you know, sees his latest piece and he's like, oh, it's so brilliant or whatever he says, it, it gave me a very like starry eyes kind of feeling. Yeah. With the old man who was like, suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Except there's no dick sucking in this one. No dick sucking. Um, but still very like, you know, kind of that culty Rosemary's Baby kind of vibe of just a, being a super creep. Sure. But that but, doesn't go anywhere. No, like I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily intended to. I think he's just a creepy art dealer. That's very possible. <laughs> and uh, God, I don't know how much more I can say without, I don't want to give too much away. Um. But I feel like I'm not really describing it very well. Well, see, that's the thing about this movie is like the plot is razor thin. Yeah. There's not much to describe. Yeah. it Things things just kind of happen. Like the loved ones is kind of the same way. Yeah. But I at the same time. I seen it, but sure. But at the same time, the, both the loved ones and this are, are very good movies, in my opinion. See, it wasn't too keen on this one really yeah i i got really into it in the middle in the middle yeah um any particular reason i don't know i just i got really into it and i found myself just like kind of on the edge of my seat all right yeah i mean for me i don't know like i said the plot was barely there to me it just seemed like a lot of stuff happening on screen Mm -hmm. and none of it really had anything to do with each other or I don't know. It just, it didn't seem to be connected by any cohesive story. Uh, it was just, like I said, just kind of there. Um, I felt like there were a lot of missed, um, like things that should have been explained, um, that just weren't, um, can you give an example? Well, like how Ray managed to get away with killing both of his parents. And nobody's like, you find out that Ray has actually in his childhood killed or he, he attempted to kill 
a, a little girl when yeah. he was 12, I 12, think they yeah. said. Um, and he, that's why he, he got locked up for years, like through his childhood and most of his most of his adult life, I think. And then he goes back home, and then his parents wind up dead. And it's, it's, it's explained away by like, oh, um, the parents, uh, your mother fell down the stairs, and then the father just couldn't go on living without his wife. So he killed himself. And then Ray, who has a history of violence, doesn't seem to have been questioned at all. He just goes on with his life for how, however long, you know, a year, maybe less. That's a fair point. And so, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's things like that. It's like, how the fuck did he get away with that? <laughs> and it's something, you know, other things closer to the end that I can't really talk about, but maybe we can talk about it later if you want, but. Uh, and the whole thing with Zoe at school, like that never really gets explained. Yeah. It's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like there was this thing with butterflies. I mean, Jesse was painting a mural for a bank, I think it was, yeah. of, of butterflies. But then he kind of restructures the butterflies to reflect the satanic image of all these children being tortured and murdered and burned alive and things like that. But I felt like there was supposed to be some significance to the butterflies that just never really was explained. Maybe I was trying to read too deep into something that wasn't there. I don't know. But I don't think there was, but uh, well, maybe, maybe that may be the case, but I don't know. I felt like there should have been more to the story that would have fleshed out this really thin plot and just wasn't there. That's fair. Um, the, the, the final act is like this big epic thing that it's kind of like you said the rest of the movie not a lot happens Mm -hmm. or like things happen but they don't really go anywhere but then the end is like this big epic thing that happens and it's kind of out of left field but it kind of reminded me of poltergeist how poltergeist for the most part is like this creepy you know kind of realistic ghost story kind of movie yeah yeah. and then this final act is this big you know thing with the beast and this other dimension and all kinds of shit Mm -hmm. this kind of reminds me that obviously this doesn't go into other dimensions or anything like that but still the the end is like this big epic thing yeah yeah i mean again like for me the the final act was about as thin as the rest of the movie but it was entertaining because there's a lot of stuff going on. And then like the very, very end, it's kind of like, and close this up and then the movie's over. Yeah. It was like, wait, that's it? Yeah, exactly. You're just going to close that loop with just this like three second scene. (laughs) Right. I felt like that should have been more of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was. I, f- I feel like my problems with this movie were sh- almost exclusively sh- story based, yeah, and, and, and plot based. The acting was fine. And Ethan Embry's wig. You kept complaining about Ethan Embry's fucking it was, wig. It looked fucking terrible. <laughs> and the dude, like, good for him, man. He's fucking Jack now. Like, yeah, he is. He's like he put in some work, and he's like covered in tattoos. But he spends most of the movie with his shirt off. Are those Which, real? The tattoos? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Um. But I I had read somewhere that there could be like maybe like um, 
like a Jesus reference to the way he looked. Okay. Which, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, like I guess, but I would never would have made that connection. Yeah, me neither. I mean, he had long hair and a beard. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and you know, Jesus had that awesome core. Right. Well, yeah, he's a carpenter. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Um, again, good, not great. Um, I, I liked the loved ones, but I, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Like you said, it's just not a lot of story, mm-hmm. just a lot of kind of events happening. But I enjoyed both of them. I I did enjoy this movie. Like I said, I got really into it in the middle. For some reason, the end just didn't really entertain me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, like, like I said, it was like this this big event. But at the same time, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah. It, I I felt like the ending was probably the most entertaining part. That's not to say that. <clears throat> excuse me. That it was. Like super engaging, yeah. Like it didn't some, suddenly suck me in and say, "Oh man, this movie's awesome." Um, and I feel like they didn't really like tie everything together. You know, like there's the, there's a lot of kind of questions throughout the movie, but it, it feels like maybe they don't maybe they get answered, but it doesn't really like you know tie everything up. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, at the very end, there's just this like one little loophole, and they just go, "Oh no, that's that. This is this." And you're like, <laughs> "Oh." Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, never mind then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you just didn't enjoy it at all. I mean, I didn't hate it. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, like, would I watch it again? No, probably not. Yeah, I probably would. Like, I just. Again, like I said, I mean, the acting was fine. Everybody did a good job, um, except for the mom. She seemed a little soft compared to everybody else. Um, she was like kind of the counterbalance to him, though. Like he was, you know, super metal and long hair and, you know, black t-shirts and listening to Metallica. And she's all like, can we listen to something a little less heavy? Yeah. Well, they were listening to... Um, It was it sounded like maybe like I'm mean, I'm trying to remember what it even sounded like in my head. It was just really hard metal, maybe like do metal or something. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, she says, "Can we listen to something less heavy?" And then Zoe from the back seat, she's like, "Like Metallica." <laughs> but, but I don't think that's what she had in mind. No. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, it, it it wasn't a bad movie, but I definitely wouldn't say it was good or great um i don't know i felt like i had a lot of missing pieces like like in in the story department things that needed to be there in order to make the rest of the movie work just they weren't there yeah um interesting yeah yeah i just wish i wish that the the thing at the very end i wish they had made more of a point of that Instead of just kind of, it almost felt tacked on at the end. Yeah. 
And like people kept talking about, oh, this movie's so metal. And it's like, other than them listening to metal, it's really not. No, it's re- it's not at all. That, that, and that's you knew more about this than I did. Like I I went into this knowing almost nothing about it. Yeah. Um, and when it gets going, you know, with the the opening credits, um, and you know the 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 metal at the beginning of the movie, um, and just very this very metal feeling coming from it. I was expecting something very metal influenced, like yeah. like like Deathgasm. Right. I mean, not a comedy, obviously, but um, I was expecting something of that nature, and it just wasn't there. Like metal was a feature in the movie, but not like the main focus. Yeah, not not main focus, but I mean, like you, I mean, had, you know what I mean. You had talk of Satan in it. Yeah, but it wasn't really like I don't know. There's you know, there's no demons in it. There's no you know, I guess there is fire, but fire, fire. But I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't feel, you know, metal. Yeah. It wasn't brutal. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it felt more like an like an. I wouldn't say art house. It definitely wasn't that arty, but more, more, a more arty film that just happened to have metal in it. Right. A metal soundtrack. Yeah. Um. And I was gonna say something. Oh, how about that goat though? Goat. Oh yeah, the what goat. What was with that goat? I've never seen a goat like that before. Black Phillip. That was creepier than Black Phillip. That was creepier than Black Phillip because he had like the fucking four horns. Yeah, he looked like an inverted star. Yeah. I, I've never seen a, a a goat with four horns before. Only in like logos. Fucking wild man. <laughs> Weird wild goats. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a weird scene with the goat. Yeah. Kind of just came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple scenes where it was just kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then they didn't really get tied up. Yeah. They're just kind of like, why did that scene just happen? Yeah. And I think that, like, I think that's the MO of this movie. It's just there's so many scenes in this that were just kind of there. Weren't really important or linked to anything else. So it's just like it's just eating up running time. Like I don't think this is a spoiler, but basically like it was a it was a hallucination. Yeah. But it was like, why is he hallucinating? Right. So Yeah. I mean, through this whole movie, the whole element of Satan or possession or all that, it's very ambiguous. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's a spoiler, but you really never get an answer. Right. So, I don't know. And like, I still have some questions, which <laughs> I feel like, you know, you, you shouldn't, I mean, unless the whole point is to keep it a mystery, but I don't think that was the point of this. So I feel like I shouldn't have questions. Yeah. They, they should have been answered by the end of the movie. All right. So again, I thought it was good, not great. Um, I did enjoy it though, probably, probably about as much as the loved ones. I would say so. I mean, if if you enjoyed the loved ones, you might enjoy this. It's it's a it feels like a very Sean Byrne movie from you know the two Sean Byrne movies I've seen. Sean Byrne. Sean Byrne. <laughs> uh, you talked about that on the show. I wonder if anybody else remembers it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Rosebeard. <laughs> Rosebeard. <laughs> <laughs> So throw a number at me. Um, 
three seems too harsh. Um, I'll say four. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a... Hmm. I'll go six. Yeah, six. All right. I think that's the biggest gap we've had in a while. That's what she said? No, it uh, doesn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he I said? He, he, I guess he could say that. Um, so there that's, is. Not, that's not that big a gap, though. Huh? That's not that big a gap, though. No, like but two. usually, like, we have... If we have a gap at all, it's usually, like, one. One or two, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah yeah so that's it guys that's gonna do her we we have reached the end of the episode yay we made it <laughs> <laughs> um so that'll do her um we'll be back in a couple weeks guys right we will be back in a couple weeks with our first ever patreon picks episode yeah this is what i was talking about earlier that you gave me a weird look and you're like, do I know what this is? All right. This okay. is what I was talking about. So if you head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast, anybody who pledges $5 or more. Was uh, the $5? Yeah. Are we cutting off a lot of our patrons? Or patrons? Oh, we're cutting off two of five. Okay. Sorry, Silas. <laughs> Cheap ass. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, kidding. Fucking up the ante. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody who pledges $5 or more can nominate a movie. Um, we will take all the nominees. We will each pick one and we will review it. Um, hopefully, it ends up with better choices than Wrong Turn in the video Dead. Oh, God. Last time we did a, a listener's choice before we Patreon existed. That was brutal. That was bad. <laughs> but so, yeah, uh, head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Pledge some money uh, and get a chance to pick our next movies. Yeah. And so that'll be episode 83. Um, in the meantime, Taylor, where can they find us? Best place to find us is graveplotpodcast.com. You can also catch us on Facebook and Instagram uh, at graveplotpodcast or on Twitter at grave underscore plot. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Horror Amino, we're on there too. Um, anywhere you can find podcasts, we're there. We're all over the goddamn place. And we're pretty much, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, we're on the internet. You may have heard of it. <laughs> it's going around. Okay, guys. So back in a couple weeks. Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>